Gospel of John, chapter 14, and verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Um, the context matters whenever you're looking at the text. It also matters um, who the audience is. And it's the same way with us if we were to talking. If I was to say this morning, it's good to see every one of you here this morning. I'm glad everybody is here this morning. It blesses my heart to see each one of you here. Uh, that would mean one thing. Well, let's say I went down to the jail, went to prison, and said, it's good to see everybody in here this morning. It blesses my heart to see each one of you in here. And it's a good thing that you're all here this morning. Well, that probably wouldn't go over as well, and it would have a completely different meaning, wouldn't it? If I said, I'm glad you're all here to you in church, then I would say, I'm glad you're all here to people in jail. So context does matter, and, and the audience matters. And so, as we think about this upper room discourse, I think it's good to remind ourselves who is in the room. Who's talking and who's in the room? Well, Jesus is the one talking, and he's talking to the 11 disciples. Judas was there, and he told Judas to go ahead and leave and go and do what he was going to do. And Judas did, so all that was remaining here is the 11 disciples. And so, this discourse is to, from Jesus to his people. And so we need to remember that. That's who Jesus is talking to. He's not talking to a mixed group of people of saved and lost alike. He is talking to his disciples. Chapter 13, verse number 1, gives us the context of this. And I've read it several times. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, they should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Jesus, or John, sets this up by telling us what he is doing here and, and why he has come and why he is talking with his disciples, because he loves them. He loves each one of his disciples. He loves, he loves these men. He's dying for them. And he loved them all the way to the end. And so he's telling them he's about to leave, and he's instructing them um, in this and how they should act, and what they should do, and how they should think. So, Jesus wouldn't, isn't giving this big, um, long goodbye, I guess we could say, and then right in the middle of it, say, now, I'm going to weed out the hypocrites, and I'm going to question your salvation, and I'm going to make you doubt your salvation. I don't think this is what the Lord is doing here when he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I don't think he's trying to, to whip them into shape, so to speak. Because oftentimes, we might think of this verse, and that's what we think of, well, Jesus is weeding out the hypocrites, or we might use this verse and say, well, we're going to weed out the hypocrites, because if you don't keep the commandments, then, then you're obviously not saved. But why does Jesus say this? Well, that's what we want to think about. If you love me, that's what we'll think about this morning. This is the Lord's goodbye before the cross and why is Jesus telling us this? He's not telling them to, to doubt their salvation. And Jesus doesn't doubt their salvation because he is their salvation. He knows that they believe. He knows that they love him. 
This section is grounded in Christ's love for his people. That's the whole point of this section. That's the foundation of this uh, discourse that he gives, that Jesus loves his people. He loves those that he's about to die for. And then he says, I love you. Now I want you to to keep my commandments and and, and love the brethren. So this, this whole section is grounded in Christ's love for his people. It's Christ's concern for his people. His disciples were all mixed up in the head. They had all their their thoughts mixed up and their desires mixed up. Peter wanted Jesus to stay. Well, they all wanted him to stay. None of them wanted him to leave. Jesus said, I'm going to leave, and they were all distraught. They were troubled because Jesus tells them, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because I'm going to go to the Father's house and prepare a place for you. So don't be distraught at my leaving. Peter said, Lord, not only are you not going to go and die, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to go and take my sword and I'm going to fight for you and I'm going to make sure that that you are not, that you don't die. And I will I will keep this from happening because I, I don't want anything to happen to you because I love you. They love the Lord and they didn't want to see anything happen to him. If you love you love your your family and you don't want to see anything happen to them, you love them and you don't want to see them in pain. You don't want to see them have to go through a surgery or a hard medical procedure. You know, if you had your preferences, you wouldn't want to see them, but you, but you want them to be healthy, and so you know you you see you want them to 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 live, so. Even though you don't want to see them hurt, you know that it is ultimately for the best. So what Jesus is doing here, he's telling them, if you love me, this is this is the way you're going to express that love. The disciples were fighting against the will of Christ. They were fighting against the love of Christ. But the Lord shows that love for him is exemplified in a particular way. That's the foundation of this. The Lord says, if you love me, this is how you're going to show me. This is how you're going to exemplify me. This is what people do who love me. It's not, Peter, that, that you're going to go fight for me. You're going to, Peter says, I'm going to go show my love for Christ by laying down my life for Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you're actually going to deny me. They don't want Jesus to go. Well, Jesus says, no, if you love me, keep my commandments. So this section is grounded in Christ's love for his people, and this verse is grounded in our love for Christ. Jesus didn't say, keep my commandments and love me. He didn't put it in that order. He didn't say, live your holy life so you can love me. It's not keep my commandments while you love me, but is if you love me, then keep my commandments. The commandment keeping flows from the fountain of the love of Christ. You won't keep the commandments if you don't love Jesus. That's just a fact. Actually, you can't keep the commandments if you don't love Jesus. The love for Christ must come first. And you can't keep the commandments to make you love Jesus. 
Because that would be the law saving us. The only way that you can keep the commandments is if you love Jesus. Now you might be able to follow the outward ceremony and the outward form, but that is not even keep, that's not even obeying the commandments because what are the two great commandments? To love the Lord God with all your heart is the first one. So the concept of the commandments is the love of Christ. I mean, that's the sum and the substance of the Old Testament. It's, if you're going to take all the law and summarize it, it would be to love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that summarizes the law. The law is foundation in love. So not only can you not keep, you, you won't keep the commandments if you don't love Jesus, because you, you, there's no motivation for that, but you can't do it if you don't love Jesus, because then you're just doing an outward form and you're not even actually obeying them. So the commandment keeping flows from the fountain of our love for Jesus Christ. So in verse 15 it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And if you read all of chapter 14, I think there's seven ifs in that that chapter. Like in verse verse number two. um, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So there's there's a statement there's the if, and then there's sort of the consequences of that statement. And, and he goes through this uh, seven different times throughout this chapter. And there are four different times in which the Lord brings us into loving him and commandment keeping, or loving him and doing something. And so for the remainder of the message this morning, we're going to look at these loves and these if statements and consider what Jesus is saying. Is Jesus saying that we have to keep the commandments in order to be saved? Or is there another meaning to these? So that's going to be just the thrust of the message. What, what is it that we do? What is it that this is telling us? Does the commandment keeping bring us into the love of Christ? Does commandment keeping keep us in the love of Christ? Or is it because Christ loved us? And because we are loved by him, and because we love him, therefore we keep the commandments. Is it do this and live, or is it because you live, do this? Do we keep the law because we are trying to earn something that God is giving, or do we keep the law because God has given us something that cannot be taken away, and out of gratitude we keep the commandments? So the first one, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. First of all, it's keeping the Lord's commandments. I think sometimes people lose assurance in their salvation or have a false assurance in a salvation that they don't have because they're keeping or trying to keep other people's commandments. There are many denominations that have a lot of laws that aren't in the Bible. And things that you have to do in order to stay good with the assembly, but not necessarily have anything to do with Scripture. Laws of the pastor, or laws of the church, or laws of the the, the convention, or whatever the case might be. And as long as you keep those commandments, 
then you're, then, then you're good, but it doesn't have anything to do with the Scripture. Those commandments are not found in the Bible. There are certain, certain groups, I don't even know if you'd call them Christian, or I wouldn't call them a Christian group, because they don't have the gospel, but, but they, they dictate what you can eat and what you can't eat, what you can drink and what you can't drink. So uh, you can't drink coffee, you can't have caffeine, you can't have sugar, you can't have this and that and the other, and that's how you get closer to God, by keeping those commandments. Lord's not talking about those commandments. And so what happens in situations like that, where you have these extra biblical laws, people make those laws to where other people can keep them. So they keep those man-made laws and say, well, I'm keeping the man-made laws, so God must love me, therefore I must be in his, in his hand. But God didn't give those. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep the commandments of the Lord Jesus, not the commandments of men. It's a good thing the Lord has told us what to do. Could you imagine if Jesus said this, if this was the only section of the commandments or anything such as that in the scripture? And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, what would we do? Well, what commandments? What do you, what do you want us to do, Lord? That'd be a bad thing. Uh, David Murray had a good illustration for this. He said, um, newlyweds love one another. And they somewhat know each other, but they don't, they don't know each other like they will in 30 or 40 years. And so the spouse might want to make, uh, you know, the husband might want to make his wife happy or vice versa. And, and they guess <laughs> on to what might make them happy. And they might buy them a certain gift, want them to be happy. Well, maybe they didn't like that gift. And, and so they go, and, and maybe the husband will do something one day, and the wife will like it, and he'll do the same thing the next day, and she doesn't like it. And then he's confused, well, what is it that, what is it that I did wrong, or what is it that I'm not doing, or, or something like that? And he might say, you know, just, just what, do you, what do you want me to do? My, I would love to, to bless you. I would love to, uh, to give you a gift that that you would, would like, but I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. And so, you know, the husband might just say, just tell me what you want, and then that's what I'll do. Because I love you. And I want to express my love, but I don't want to express my love in a way that doesn't make you happy. All right, so, you know, if you go on your first anniversary and, and you buy your wife uh, a fishing pole, or, or buy her um, a shotgun or something, you know, unless she's a hunter, she probably wouldn't be happy with that. He said, but I love you, and I'm, I'm expressing myself in the way that I know how to express my love, because I know if somebody gave me a, a, a fishing pole, I'd be happy. So how come you're not happy, right? Well, the Lord tells us, if you love me, keep my commandments. Here's what I want you to do to, to express your love for me. Here's what I want you to do. He tells us exactly. We don't have to guess. We don't have to make it up. We, we don't go by our rules or anybody else's rules. We, we, we say, if I, I love Jesus and I want to express my love in this particular way, he's told me how to do it. 
So to keep the commandments of Jesus, we do so because we love him. And so if we get this turned around backwards, we're in bad shape. We try to get Jesus to love us by keeping our commandments, then we get it all turned around backwards, don't we? Or if we try to get Jesus to love us more by keeping the commandments, we've got everything backwards. As if Jesus is the problem and we're trying to appease him. No, the Lord loves us. And, and to, to put that backwards is to bring down Christ's love for us rather than exalt it. It, it makes it as if the Lord will only love his people if we provide good gifts for them or for, for, for the Lord. See, the law condemns us. We live, we are born under the unbearable burden of the law that we cannot keep that law. And, and if we are still living under that law and working to gain God's blessing, then that is an unbearable, grievous burden that we'll never be able to, to lift and to carry. But because we love him, and why do we love him? Because he, what he did for us, because he first loved us. Because he saved us, because we love him, then we express our love for him in keeping commandments. So if you love me, Jesus says, express that love by doing what I tell you to do. You will go on keeping my commandments. We know what pleases the Lord and displeases him. And saved people love Jesus. That's just the fact. Saved people love Jesus. Um, how, how can you follow Jesus and say that he saved you and not love him? I mean, that, that's just, that's just not, um, a, not reality. Saved people love Jesus. And so people who love Jesus want to follow him and want to, to honor him. And so we say, how do we do it, Lord? By keeping my commandments. So let's look down in verse number 21. Here we have the Lord again saying this. In verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, um, this is really kind of part one of this section that we're going to be looking at. I'm going to um, preach on it, Lord willing, next week, uh, the, the, the broader section of this. But this is a concluding thought that Jesus would not leave them comfortless. Um, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So Jesus is, is telling them that he is not going to leave them as orphans, but he's going to come to them. Now, if we just take verse 21 and isolate it from the whole upper room discourse and isolate it from the surrounding text, then you might be able to, to say, well, here it says um, the only people that are loved of God are those who uh, keep the commandments as if that was how we were saved. But this is, the, in the context of this, he is, he is saying, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I am going to send another. I'm going to, to be with you. And even though I'm not here bodily with you, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. Jesus is, 
is promising comfort and help to his disciples. And then he says he professes or he professes his love towards them. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So the point isn't that you have to keep the commandments in order that you can be saved. But what Jesus is telling them is, who is it that keeps the commandments? What's those that love the Father? And who is it that loves God? Well, it's those who have been loved by God. Jesus is comforting his people. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. We wouldn't turn around in verse 21 and say, now I want you to doubt whether you're even saved or not. But he's assuring them that their love for him and their expression of their love for him um, will, will give them assurance in what God has done for them. Because who is it that has the commandments? Well, let's look in Jeremiah 31. We're going to look at two Old Testament passages. First in Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Now let's look in Ezekiel 36. So next book over to the right. Um, Ezekiel. Two books over actually. Ezekiel 36. 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. Alright, let's pause right here just for a second. What did Jesus do right before this? It was the washing of the disciples' feet, wasn't it? Remember, he, he washed their feet, and, and Jesus said that if they weren't cleansed, they had no part in them, uh, of him. And, and, and Peter said, well, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body then. And then Jesus told him, while Judas was still sitting there, not all of you are clean. Okay, so... I will sprinkle clean water from you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness, from all your idols, I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away your stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So part of the new covenant promise is that the Lord would not just give 
a law of, of stone and tablets to a nation, and they would have them to read. We could put a Ten Commandment statue on every corner of, this, of every street in, in this country. But that wouldn't mean we'd be commandment keepers, would it? And that wouldn't mean that we would love the Lord. What the Lord does in the New Covenant, He gives His law to His people inwardly. And the New Covenant in Christ Jesus is that we, we have that law written upon our hearts. And I believe this is what Jesus is talking about. He that has my law and keep, keepeth them. Because the, the, the promise here, it says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Because we can't keep the commandments. We, we don't have the, we just can't. By our nature, we, we're unable and unwilling to do so. But in the new covenant, in salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells within us. And really, chapter 14, this whole section is the comforter coming. The Holy Spirit coming. coming, The Spirit of truth coming. And so, those who have the commandments, those who are indwelled by the Spirit of God, um, are those that the Lord will give grace to keep them. He it is that loveth me. Well, why? Because we have been saved. We've been redeemed. We've been regenerated. And those that love shall be loved to the Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to them. So who keeps the commandments? Well, those who are in Christ, those who have life, those to whom the Spirit works within the life of the believer, those who the Lord by grace sanctifies, those to whom the Lord produces obedience, those to whom work out the salvation that has been worked in them by the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus is not telling them that they probably aren't saved. He's telling them that the reason that they are keeping the commandments and the reason that they desire to keep the commandments, that is coming from the work of God within them. And the expression of their love towards Christ is to obey him. And to follow him as the Spirit of God leads them and, and as Jesus commands them. 1 John 4.19 says we love him because he first loved us. The Lord isn't saying our commandment keeping is the cause of God's love for us. God loved us first. The Lord loved us before the foundation of the world. He chose us in Christ. Jesus came to save his people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The love of God is why Jesus came. God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So we can't say that this is that the love and the commandment keeping is the cause of our salvation, but it is the fruit of it. Calvin said Christ meant only that all who love him will be happy because they also will be loved by him and by the Father. Not that God begins to love them because they have a testimony of his love towards them as the Father engraved on their own hearts. We love him because he loved us. We obey him because of that work of grace in our hearts. 
It says there, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And so what happens? Jesus will show more of himself to those who love him. Those who keep his commandments, the Lord will give knowledge of himself. And it's the knowledge of Christ and following Christ that causes us to grow in Christ. So loving Jesus and keeping the commandments and growing in the knowledge of Christ are the fruits of God's grace. And whenever we continue to do that, we will grow in more knowledge and grow in more love. And it is, it's cyclical. That, that it's, not, it's not us earning God's salvation. It is for our good and for our blessing. That if we want to, to uh, express our love and if we want to experience more of the, the expression of God's love towards us. Now, God's not going to love us any more than he, than he does. But sometimes we can feel more of that expression of that love towards us. Towards us. So, um, another illustration I heard, and I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, there were times when the boys were real little, we'd go somewhere and do something. We might, um, we might go and go to a park or, or go to the zoo or something like that and just had the best time. They were happy and excited. Well, they, got, they were tired on the way home and they were hungry and they didn't want to be in the car. They wanted to be home. And just human nature, then they might start fighting with each other and they might start acting out. And so just three hours earlier, it was the greatest day of the, their lives, and then now in the car home, it's like they, uh, you know, it was like the worst day of their lives, right? Because they just want to be home. And I understood that, and Chris and I would talk about that, how, how human nature is that so quickly uh, we can turn um, and just forget what we, what already, we already had. Of course, they were, little, they were little, two, three, four years old, but, but nonetheless, my expression of love towards them didn't change. I loved them whenever we were having a good time, and I loved them when I had to get after them to quit fighting. I, I loved them in both examples. I loved them whenever we were, we were doing the fun thing and everybody was laughing and having a great time, but I also loved them when I corrected them and had to discipline them. That was both expressions of my love. Now, if you were to ask them, where did dad love you more? They said, well, he probably loved me more whenever he was being happy with me. Well, no, that's not the case, right? I loved both. I didn't, never stopped loving them in either situation. And so for us, whenever we are obeying God and we are following the Lord and doing what he says, we, we can see and, and have his love. He manifests himself to us. Now, if we're disobeying him, he may chasten us. He still loves us. But which, which way do we, do we normally experience the, the joyfulness and the blessedness of the love of Christ? Well, we, of course, we, we want to want it in the, in the sunlight, in the daytime, in, in the, the goodness of those expressions. And I think this is what the Lord is talking about here. The more that we grow, the more that we follow him, the more joy that we have in the salvation that, we, that, that he's given us. It's a blessing because Christ will sanctify his people. Christ promises to manifest himself to those who love him, who follow him, who are rejoicing in him. 
Christ promised to that that those who love him will continue in his love and continue in following him. And that's why there are false professors, because they have no part in Christ to start with, and they fall away because they never had the first part. Well, verse 22, we have another example of this. And Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, so there's two Judases, this is the other one. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? So manifest is the reveal. So this is a good question. Jesus said, I'm going to manifest myself. I'm going to show myself to those who love me, not to the world. And so Judas is saying, well, how is that going to be, Lord? If you're going to leave and you're going to send us the comforter, how can you manifest yourself only to us? Because... Jesus would go preach in the open and there'd be scribes and Pharisees and, and the priest and, and lost people, saved people. They would all hear. Some would believe and some would not. But they'd all hear him. They'd all see him. So he's wondering, well, how are you going to express, how are you going to manifest yourself with only some people seeing you? Well, Jesus is not trying to doubt, that cause him to doubt here when he's, he's, uh, bringing this about. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and so forth. But what he's doing is he's answering this question. How is it that Christ will be manifested some but not others? Some will love Jesus. Some don't. Some will follow and obey. Some won't. Some will hear the Father's word. Some won't. Some will have the Spirit. Some won't. Lost people can't keep the commandments. They don't want to keep the commandments. Well, we want to keep God's commandments because we love Christ, because the Spirit dwells within us, because we have a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. And so those that don't keep the commandments, those that don't love Christ, they won't see Christ. They won't, they're not, they don't, uh, he's not manifested to them. God abides with his people. A lot of people want to go to heaven, but they don't want Christ to dwell with them. They'd be content with a Christless heaven. Well, as long as there's streets of gold and, and grandma and grandpa's there and, and we all have a good time, there's no more sickness and death. Well, sure, everybody wants to go to a place like that. Well, God's people want Christ. And it wouldn't be heaven without Christ. And so... The hypocrite doesn't want to go to hell, but also doesn't want Christ to dwell with them. So they don't keep God's commandments because they don't love him. Because it has nothing to do with Christ to start with. It has more to do with not going to hell. I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to try my best to get God to love me. I want to go to heaven because there's streets of gold there and, and because there's no sickness and and that kind of thing. So I'm going to keep the commandments so I can earn my ticket in. They don't keep the commandments because they love Jesus. They keep them because they, they just don't want to go to hell. So they might keep some kind of ritual, some type of observance, but it's not out of a love towards Christ. So this is answering Judas's question. How will Christ manifest himself to only certain people? Well, it is we, have, we see him by the eyes of faith. He is going to manifest himself to those who love him. But those who don't love him, they don't care what Jesus has to say. 
and they don't care what he has to, to tell them. So the love of Christ is towards, or the keeping of the commandments is an evidence that Christ dwells in them because they love Christ. But people who won't keep the commandments, people who don't love him, they don't keep his sayings because they don't care. And the word which they heard is not theirs, but the Father that sent them. So Jesus said, if a man love me, he'll keep my words. My Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. So you think about it this way. People want to go to heaven and go to the Father's house, but do they want the Father in their house? Do they want Jesus in their home? Right? So if, if that's what he's saying, because those who don't really love Jesus don't want Jesus at their house. They don't want Jesus messing with their life. They don't want Jesus involved in what they do and what they think. Now, they just want to go to the Father's house, but they don't want the Father to come to their house. They don't, they don't want God in their life. And Jesus said, but no, those that love me, I will abide with them. I will be with them. And I will work in their life, and they will, they will follow me. So he's assuring them. He's giving them assurance. The reason that you, that you do these things is because I'm with you. And then lastly, in verse 28, um, it says, Ye have heard now that I say unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice. The same thing here. Jesus is departing. The disciples don't want him to go. But Jesus said, if you love me, you would rejoice at what's happening. If you love me, listen to me. If you love me, do what I tell you. If you love me, trust me. Peter said, I love you, Lord, and I won't let you go to the cross. I love you, Lord, and I'll die for you. Thomas says, I love you, Lord, but I don't want you to go because I don't know where I could follow you. Jesus says, no, if you love me, you'll trust me. If you love me, you'll have faith in me. If you love me, you're going to listen to what I have to tell you. Don't demonstrate your love for me by doing all these other things that I don't want you to do. Demonstrate your love for me in a way that I tell you by keeping my commandments because that's a blessing for you and it glorifies me. If you love me, do what I tell you because I'm telling you that's how you can demonstrate your love for me. And so the commandments, 1 John 5, 2, 3, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Well, the Lord does not put us back under the law for salvation. That would make the commandments grievous because I can't keep them. I can't keep those commandments. But the commandments the Lord gives us are not grievous because we don't have to keep those in order to be saved. We obey them in love and gratitude. And I tell you, that takes a load off the shoulder of the child of God when we, we realize that, that we are saved and already loved of God. And the commandments that we keep are because we love him out of gratitude. He saved me. He, he cleansed me of all my unrighteousness. He gave me everlasting life. He gave me his own righteousness. And I'm clothed in them. And he says, 
if you love me for what I've done for you, do what I tell you. Follow me. Trust me. And out of a heart of gratitude, we'll follow the Lord. Well, of course I love you, Jesus. Of course I'll, I'll go where you tell me to go and do what you tell me to do. And so, when we, when we think about who Jesus was talking to, he's talking to saved people. Only the eleven. And he's not telling them how to be saved because they already are saved. He's telling them, because you're saved, I want, since you are saved, keep my commandments. Those who are not, have no part of me, they don't want any part of what I have to say, but you guys are, are trying to express your love for me in all these different ways, which, are, which is not what I want you to do. What I want you to do is follow me. I want you to love me. And I want you to express your love towards me in what I told you to do. And that expression of God's love is genuinely in the, or usually in the church, loving one another. That's why John said we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. How do we know we love the children of God? When we love the Lord and keep his commandments to love the brethren and love him and love the brethren. So um, that, that is what God has told us to do, to, to love and good works. Not to be saved, but because we love him, because of what he did for us. First there's grace, then there's gratitude. So, love the Lord and keep His commandments. That's what He has called us to. All right, we're gonna before we have Lord's Supper, we're gonna have a uh, a hymn. So I ask Elijah.